David, do you want to get us going? Sure. Uh, welcome to the uh, April 22nd meeting in the Metropolitan Planning Organization MPO Bicycle Advisory Committee meeting. Um, if we want to do introductions, um, I'm David Hamby. I'm chairman of the uh, MPO committee. And I would like to uh, see, Ashley, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, please. I have a little intro to read. Um, so my name is Ashley Byers and with Jessica, who's also in the other room on video, we will be facilitating the Zoom video portion of this meeting and we'll work alongside uh, David, the chair. Currently we have everyone muted so we can talk through the general ground rules for today's meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel. During the meeting, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon found on the lower left-hand corner of the Zoom menu next to the video icon. When you're muted, a red line will appear over the icon. This will make it easier for everyone to hear the meeting. Just remember to unmute if and when you want to speak. In the menu, you can also turn your camera on or off by clicking the video icon located next to the microphone icon. For the purposes of this public meeting, please keep your video on for the duration. If you're participating by phone, you can enter star six to mute and unmute yourself. Somewhere on the Zoom screen, you will also see a choice to toggle between speaker and gallery view. Speaker view shows the active speaker, gallery view tiles all the meeting participants. Few reminders to ensure that the provisions of the Open Meetings Act are met. As participants, you must state your name and title each time you speak. Uh, individuals who have signed up in advance to provide public comments remotely will be called on upon by name. Mr. Thornburg provided comments that we sent you all and attached to the agenda. I believe he said he's, he's going to listen to the meeting and not uh, talk right now, uh, but we'll verify that when we get there. And we ask that if somebody does speak during the public comment period to unmute their listening device and state their name. The chair will then call for in-person public comment for those who are physically present, and we'll figure out how to do that. Currently, we don't have anyone here, but if we do, we'll follow social distancing and safety protocols. All motions will need to be stated clearly, and after a motion is made and seconded, Jessica will call on each member individually to provide their vote. Staff will then need to announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. Again, I want to remind everyone to please mute yourself when you're not speaking, and now I'll turn the meeting back over to David. Okay, <clears throat> thank you, Ashley. Um, I'm just going to call it and everybody introduce themselves on here that's listed. So, Jessica. Hi, I'm Jessica Mortinger, and I'm the Transportation Planning Manager for the MPO. Okay, Margareta. My name is Margretta DeFries. I work for KU Transportation Services. Okay, thank you. Scott? I'm Scott Keltner. I'm an at-large uh, representative for the city of Eudora. Okay, thank you. Marianne? Marianne Melling, and I'm a representative of Lawrence. Thank you. Jenny? Hi, I'm Jenny Kramer. I'm the State Bicycle and Pedestrian Coordinator at KDOT. Okay. Uh, Teresa. Oh, you're muted there, Teresa. There, I figured it out. I'm Teresa Bowser, and I'm the um, LeCompton re um, representative. Okay, thank you. Uh, Jan. Mm -hmm. I'm Jan Schubert Eric. I'm the program coordinator for the Douglas County Heritage Conservation Council. Okay, thank you. Laura. 
Laura McCulloch. I'm a community health planner with Lawrence Douglas County Public Health. Okay, Jackie. I'm Jackie Becker, and I believe I'm the Douglas County at rep for this committee. <laughs> okay, thanks. <clears throat> and Porter? Uh, Porter is part of the communication staff, just making sure we're getting this pushed live to YouTube. Perfect. Okay, now the introductions are done. Um, I'm going to open it up to public comment. We've received one written comment that's in the agenda items. And um, we'll take that and discuss that here in just a minute as far as assigning staff to prepare a response. But is there any other public comment from anybody? You have to raise your hand or. There's nobody, nobody here. there. No. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not seeing anybody. Um, so we've received the public comment that we put in the minutes. Um, this, do we want to just have staff? review that and prepare a response to that. Yeah, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. Um, I think you, we can talk about it at this point in time or we can talk about it in relation to the context of the countywide bikeway plan. Um, that's kind of what the item is commenting on in relation to the bicycle parking requirements in that plan. Um, and so we can handle it either way, but since it replates, relates to that item, maybe we should have Ashley uh, present that and talk about the things she needs, kind of your feedback on, and then we can add that as one of the elements we discuss. Okay, do we want to talk about that at the time of the uh, bike plan then? Yes, if that's okay. That would be great. <clears throat> okay, moving on, seeing no more public comment. Um, the minutes for July 3rd, 2019 are posted. Do I have a motion from one of the committee members to uh, approve those minutes? So if you do unmute yourself and say, I make a motion. I make a motion to approve the meeting minutes from July 19th, 2019. Is that the correct date? Yep. Yeah, July 3rd, but yep. July 3rd. No problem. Uh, do we have a second for that motion? Jackie Becker, I'll second the motion. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, any discussion on the motion to approve the minutes of July 3rd, 2019? Okay, hearing none. Jessica, you want to call roll? Yeah, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. I'll proceed to do a roll call vote by last name in alphabetical order. Becker? Yes. Is that what we say? Bowser? Yes. Hamby? Yes. Hitchhawk? We're voting on the minutes, Steve, if you would like to join us from. Uh, yes, go ahead. Uh Yes, on minutes. Okay. Um, Keltner? <clears throat> yes. And Melling? Yes. Motion carries six to zero. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, David Hamby, Chair. Uh, moving on to the agenda items. The first item is to elect uh, the 2021 MPO BAC Chair and Vice Chair. And at this point, I'd... Uh, I guess I can ask for whoever might be interested in, in being chair. I, as chair, I don't mind staying on if, if that's what the committee desires. But uh, if there's anybody else in that, I'd uh, be happy to take a, a, a volunteer for that.
All right, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager, I will just add, like we didn't meet in 2020. In 2021, we anticipate having a little bit more work. We'll have the completion and carrying out the work for the countywide bikeway plan, following up with rideability map um, are kind of the big things we envision um, as part of this year. So I could see us meeting three to five times, I don't know, maybe less, <laughs> um, probably at least three times uh, to, to do that work. Um, it's not too big of a responsibility. Um, you can help facilitate meetings uh, during the process uh, with Robert's rules and then the vice chair kind of fills in when the chair is gone. If that helps anybody make a decision about deciding about who to appoint as your fearless leader. Okay, I'm sorry. I'd like to nominate um, David Hamby. So <laughs> I second that motion. <laughs> Teresa. Okay. We have a motion on the table. Was it from Jackie? Okay, and a second from Teresa. So uh, any discussion on that? Okay. Uh, Jessica, you want to call the roll? Yeah, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager in the same order. Becker? Yes. Bowser? Yes. Hamby? Uh, do I need to abstain? You can or you can vote. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. I'll say yes. Hitchcock? Yes. Keltner? Yes. Melling? Yes. Motion carries six to zero. Thank you. Okay. And so I am, I believe Jackie's are vice chair i'm unclear on who's our vice chair right now do you know it is jackie ashley Breyers. it's jackie is the vice chair okay perfect um so now we're on to the elect the vice chair and uh, i'd be happy to take nominations for volunteers for that position i would this is steve uh i would like to see Jackie uh, nominate Jackie for the vice chair again. I think sticking with our experience, leadership is is the way to go. I second the motion for Jackie. This is Teresa Bowser. Okay, Jackie, are you okay with that? Yeah, I am. Thanks. Okay, perfect. Um, are there any other? Uh, so we have a motion and a second on the table. Any discussion? Okay, Jessica, would you call roll, please? Yeah, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. Becker? Yes. Bowser? Yes. Hamby? Yes. Hitchcock? Yes. Keltner? Yes. Melling? Yes. Motion carries six to zero. Okay, thank you. Uh, David Hamby, Chair. Um, we're up to item number two, which is review and discuss the draft countywide bicycle plan. Right. Thank you. So I'm Ashley Briars, and I'm going to share a link in the chat uh, to everyone. And I'm going to share my screen. I click the right buttons. Um, okay. So 
Did everybody get that link that I just stuck in there for you? All right, so a couple of things. Um, we have been working on the countywide bike plan for a long time. Uh, we originally were working on it in coordination with the Lawrence bike plan and then realized that we should separate that uh, because Lawrence was just on a faster timeline than the county. And we also wanted to coordinate the countywide bike plan with the Safe House of School plans for Eudora and Baldwin City. We completed the Eudora and Baldwin City Safe House of School plans last November. And so we were then able to take the information from the Safe House of School plans and work it in with the countywide bike plan. So we're here today to talk about the draft countywide countywide bike plan. And we have some very specific elements we want to talk to you about. And we also can talk about any other parts of the plan also if you've had a chance to read it and have any comments. Uh, this website that I gave you the link is called a mural and it's a interactive whiteboard. So we can all add comments and there's a couple of ways to do it. You can just click and then type uh, or you can go over to the side here oops, and choose whichever one of these you like and pull it over and then type. Also, there's a kind of outline over on the right side. And if you want to go to a specific area you can click on it and it'll zoom into it. So we're gonna start with the goals and metrics, well, the vision and the goals and metrics for the countywide bike plan. And we have said that the vision is a bikeway network that supports safe and comfortable riding for all. And then as staff, we came up with these, this main goal and then these metrics. The main thing we've realized is that the countywide bike plan, like I mentioned, is just on such a different timeline than biking in Lawrence that having some really aggressive targets might not do us well. So we've put things that we think are feasible but are still actually you know, targets, uh, including continuing zero bicycle rider fatalities through 2030. And then this one about Douglas County. Uh, so the county, as they are building or reconstructing or improving roadways, they are improving the side, the shoulders basically, uh, in order to make it safer for everyone who uses the road, including vehicles and bikes. And so we want to say that they should continue to do that all the time in order to make it safer for everyone. And then we have these two goals, one for Baldwin City and one for Eudora, based on their actual information. So if you go down here, uh, in Eudora, including the, the, I'm sorry, in Baldwin, including the pending uh, shared use path for the Maple Leaf Trail, there's 1.88 miles of existing shared use path. And so we're proposing to do a goal of increasing by 25% to go to 2.4 miles. That's a half mile increase. Um, so want to discuss what you think about that. And then the same thing for Eudora. Eudora has um, some pending changes path by the community center, the Lucy Cagle Trail, I think is how you say it. Um, and so if we increase by 25%, 0.9. Now we talked about having a specific goal for LeCompton or not. And 
were proposing to not have a specific goal for Lecompton because they don't have any specific bikeways currently. As part of their, or really any in their, their plan, um, as part of their award that they got from KDOT earlier in the year for sidewalk and safe Ross school improvements, they're going to be installing sharrows along the streets in a network. And so they will have a network of um, sharrows, but didn't know if that was high enough to, you know, make, make us have a goal. Uh, so let me go back up here. And if anybody has any thoughts about this, uh, please shout them out or put a sticky note and we will, we can work through what we want to include. This is Marianne Melling. Um, I have a couple of comments. One, um, so you said that you wanted to, you know, set goals that are actually attainable um, and can you can see being done. And maybe maybe this is kind of a controversial thing to say, but um, I, I feel like setting zero fatalities. Um, in a nine-year period in the county like that's a big goal and working towards no fatalities in the county on a bicycle like I just feel like that's a that could mean a really big commitment so I just wonder like what that means like what you know what does what what are the actions to you know, hit that, hit that goal. And is that feasible or is that? Marianne, would you like us to look at the data? Um, yeah, but I mean, somebody was killed in 2014, you know, so yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like what happens if somebody's killed and then, then they're just a number and we say, well, we didn't hit the goal, you know? I just don't know if it's the right, it's just, it, it feels funny. Jessica Mortinger, transportation planning manager. We have a challenge with this also. Um, in our long range transportation plan, we're federally required to set goals around um, fatalities and serious injuries. Um, and we always have this conversation with our technical advisory committee, which is staff and also our MPO policy board members. Um, we're open to change. So we already do have some metrics that are looking at non-motorized users and looking at averages related to serious injuries and fatalities um, for those users. Um, so this adds to that. It's not necessarily different than what we're already doing, um, mainly because we're federally required to do that. We are not federally required to have this measure in this plan. Um, and we can, of course, change the language. Um, we, we are also trying to be really cognizant of writing plans that one, two things, one, have specific targets that we can measure. Mm -hmm. And secondly, some outcome related stuff, right? So that the measure and the goal we have has an outcome that we can, de we can determine like, did we meet it or not? Um, as, as opposed to, you know, very smart style of goal by a certain date, as opposed to something that, 
um, we can't. Um, so, okay. yeah, we can, Ashley, do you wanna remind me what we did in the Lawrence Bikes plan? Sure, I'll just pull it up here. If I can type. I mean, in some regard, this is Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. So in some regards, um, you know, a zero fatality goal is very much like a vision zero. Mm -hmm. um, you can see we did that in, here's Ashley showing on the screen that in our Lawrence Bikes Plan, which was adopted, continue zero bicycle rider fatalities and serious injuries through 2025. This is Marianne Melling. Um, that's, you know, helpful background and um, I, I appreciate that all. Yeah, and I guess Jessica Mortinger, transportation planning manager, I guess that doesn't make it right still if we just, you know, if we want to elevate the conversation, we're still willing to have that conversation if we want to change that measure or what we're looking at. Um, we also only have fatalities here and not serious injuries. We could look at adding that. Um, I think in some regard, these are the policy type discussions that meeting or not meeting these sorts of targets is what elevates policy level discussion with elected officials to help prioritize and elevate concerns around safety. Um, we have found that to be the case in terms of even putting the data together to start the conversation about where we're going. Um, of course, there's a lot of other concerns about bicycling data in terms of, um, you know, what's reported. Many, many people could, and we know do, get into crashes where it's a single, it's a bike in a bike, or it's a single person off a roadway. And those aren't necessarily, if it doesn't involve a motor vehicle, are not reported. Um, so we already know the data is under reported likely for injuries, um, whether those are serious or not, you know, if they meet the death, def whether they're serious, but whether they meet the definition that KDOT has um, for serious or not. Um, we'll just add that to the conversation, I guess. Uh, David Hamby chair. So, so I appreciate, you know, as far as a goal, we couldn't do much better than say zero bicycle fatalities, you know, in the County. Um, whether we hit it or not, but it, like you said, it, it opens up the discussion <clears throat> for the, the leaders to know what the goal is and maybe puts even some more pressure on them to um, put money in, into meeting that goal. Um, this is Marianne Melling. Um, I think maybe a language change could also help because um, it first struck me the continue zero bicycle rider fatalities because um, it you know it doesn't have a a start date so just zero bicycle rider fatalities you know from now or you know because it, it just immediately made me think like oh gosh well what year was it that that last happened in the county and um, you know. It could make sense. Uh, Ashley Breyer's transportation planner. Oh, that was nice. Whoever did that using the connect. Oh, Jessica. Um, 
because we could, well, so the most recent data we have from KDOT is 2019, because we always get it a year behind. So we'll receive the 2020 crash information, which includes vehicles, bikes, and pedestrians uh, in July. So still a little off from getting that data, but depending on how this goes, how quickly we move through the public comment period and everything, and how quickly we're able to evaluate the data, we could include from 2020 as our date. This is Steve Hitchcock. Uh, it, it is worded in a way that, it, that it's different than most of our goals that we're familiar with in, in any number of plans. Uh, and I think it, because of that, it's, it's kind of a starting point for discussion, like you said, with elected officials, with uh, city leadership and, and various uh, others. It's, it's not necessarily an action item in the traditional sense that we're aiming to increase the number of miles of bikeways by 25% or something like that. And, and hopefully it's not a, a goal that we have to revisit in a negative sense and say, we, we failed to reach it. But I think it has the possibility on a yearly basis to be used as a starting point for discussion that the good news is we have continued this time period with a, a level of bicycle safety that, that we're, we're aiming for and also use that as a launching point to say we've had an increase in number of miles ridden or number of riders identified doing commuting or recreational riding. And we've been able to increase those numbers and yet maintain this level, this high level of safety that we want to achieve. So I think if we, if we look at it as a, a reminder there of what it's all about, that that is the ultimate goal and then use that as a launching point that it might be a useful thing uh, in that sense. Sounds good. So uh, Ashley Breyer's transportation planner, what about the ones for Baldwin City and Eudora? Do you think we should try to increase it even more? Ashley, this is Steve again. Yeah. Is is the Baldwin one the twenty five? Is that half mile the uh, from the shared use path along Fifty Six Highway down to the railroad depot along the right of way of the track? Is that that half mile? Yes. So I can just pull up the map here. Oh. Okay. So that's that's a very doable thing. It's it's in progress. Yeah, it is. Um... If we if we would raise the bar on that i'm not sure where the what direction we would be going with it i don't know i don't know where we are in any kind of plan or funding for something like that and right. this, this is a county county plan. david hammond chair this is a county plan um i know there may or may not be funding for it but there is right away on the uh, midland rail Road right away there, and so maybe work toward developing as far as a goal. Work toward developing a uh, 
plan or a concept design or you know cost estimates but see set that as a as a major goal not just for baldwin but for the whole county to get that uh, completed as far you know south as possible so to extend along the midland uh, right of way heading southwest from baldwin correct yep okay since that right of way is now there and it's uh i believe baldwin city has an easement all the way down along there now yes it, it does although because of all the things we're hearing going on i'm not sure where the focus is on that or or what what its status is at this point but Understand. yeah i think yeah that would be a, a definitely a, a worthwhile goal to to move that direction so this this is ashley Byers, transportation center so one thing that i thought of when you were mentioning that is we could talk about having a goal be implementing implementing the various trail networks the american discovery trail the u.s bike network uh, which would include the Maple Leaf Trail, theoretically, depending on our discussion coming up. Uh, I think that might be an okay goal to have as well. Thoughts? David Hamby, Chair, are we ready to move into that um, next portion right. of the discussion? Maybe we should talk about Eudora first, and then... Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me... This is Ashley Briars again. Let me go to the Eudora map. Okay. So the solid lines are existing. The dashed lines are proposed or future bikeways. This is the trail I was talking about that's pending right now. Scott being from Dora, do you think the uh, goal is appropriate? Uh, Scott Keltner, Eudora representative. Ashley, you mentioned earlier about the, the funding that has been secured and in place for the Lucy Kagey Park and the softball and baseball diamonds adjacent to Eudora Rec Center. I think with that money ready to go, I don't think that 25% is gonna be a hard measure to hit for us. So I think that's that's a very conservative uh, goal for us to have in mind and, and attainable at that. Yeah, and actually, oh, Ashley again, um, this 3.94 includes that trail that you just mentioned, the Lucy one. Um, so the 25% would be an addition to the one that's has secured funding. Okay, David Hamby, Chair, uh, would a, another goal for them, I know that uh, I believe it's Church Street over the, the K-10 has been a priority or a K-10 crossing. Um, and I don't know if that would help them have some some uh, assistance with, with getting funding for that if it's sitting on the bike plan as one of their goals. But that might be something worthwhile adding. Uh, Ashley Breyer's transportation planner. I believe we have it shown as needed in the, yeah, we have it shown, um, but having it as a goal would be good. And we also included that in the Safe Russell School Plan as a goal, or maybe not a goal, but again, identified as this needs to happen. 
Jessica, were you gonna say something? Yeah, Jessica Mortinger, that's just what I was going to say is it's identified as a strategy as a priority crossing in the safe routes to school plan. That doesn't mean we can't do it here, but it also is there. So we have some language around that. Okay. Thank that's you. what I was going to look up, Ashley. Oh, okay. Okay. So. If anybody has any future thoughts about this during the rest of the meeting, you can go ahead and add more sticky notes uh, or let me know later. And so then, David, is it okay if I move on to the next portion? Yes, please. Okay. Thank you. Ashley Breyers again, transportation planner. We became aware of something called the American Discovery Trail, which we did not know existed. Uh, but because now that we know it exists, we've included it in the plan and it's shown in red. And this American Discovery Trail actually goes from all the way across the country and it's in progress. They have it on all existing roadways and they're wanting to get things marked and signed and really like help elevate uh, so people know about it and, and do this as like a challenge, like doing the Appalachian Trail or something. Uh, doing the American Discovery Trail. And so one thing we wanted to talk about was the alignment of it. Uh, and part of that is the U.S. Bike Network, which is shown in blue. And the U.S. Bike Network has a couple of different routes across the country, and they're trying to do a north-south route. And on their plan that they have identified, there's a quarter of 50 miles through this area shown as a route. And so we are proposing that it come through Douglas County because we would like to have the, the people and you know, have everybody experience our area. And so we talked to the Douglas County engineer, Chad Voigt, and he suggested the route that's in blue here. And let me zoom in. So we go through up to LeCompton on Farmer's Turnpike down through the, on the Birch and Park Trail and then Burroughs Creek, and then south of the SLT. And then I believe this is Michigan where he has it going south and then onto Old 59. So I wanted to discuss with you what you thought of that route. And then if you think the American Discovery route uh, trail should also go along that same route, or if you think it should maybe go along this road, which I don't have labeled, uh, based on your bicycling experiences. So David Hamby Chair, um, the, the route in blue is a, a good route. The, the hard part with going, you know, I thought, well, we could loop from LeCompton through and then hit on the, the Lawrence Loop. But the Lawrence Loop has a gap between uh, where it ends at 1750 Road up to Farmer's Turnpike. So the only way to, uh, to fill that gap is to jump on the, the K-10 uh, bypass there, US-40 highway, and ride it down to 6th Street and then make that loop over. So it's really tough maneuver for uh, somebody, and it's, you know, 65 miles per hour on the highway. Uh, so a lot of people won't feel comfortable with that. So as, as is mentioned there with the... Farmer's Turnpike into um, the industrial park. I don't know what blue that is. Maybe it's a future uh, loop section, but 
it should probably come down North Iowa and then jog down uh, Michigan. I don't know that that's in the right location as far as a, a path that's there today, but uh, um, that's, that's a good route. Once you can get on the newer sections that are planned right now for um, transportation alternative funding, I think they'll be constructed this year or next. That would be a, a good route to go. And then um, the only thing, and, and you're going to hit it in any time you're in the county is a hill. So 59, old 59 highway is going to have a hill up um, south of town, but that's just to be expected. And this is actually good. Uh, yes, some of this is unplanned or like future routes, um, partly because this U.S. bike network is kind of a long-term thing. And so it, my understanding is, and, and Jenny could hope, hopefully correct me, um, is that we could identify it here and then as uh, more infrastructure is installed, we could shift it. Okay. That's right. Like we had to do that in Great Bend. The original route was... Uh, determined to be not quite as safe as, as cyclists would like. And so they, they did do it. So it went through town a little bit more. Uh, this probably will be the U you're talking about us bike route 55. And um, like this time around, we want to have the signing plan ready with designation. So that all comes at once. So that could be two or three years. So it's a good kind of time measure to think about. This is Marianne Melling at the south end. I, I think the route through makes a lot of sense. It takes you near downtown, which is an easy spot to stop with a bike if you have a loaded pack and you want to watch your bike as you eat food. Um, heading out of town, the blue route um, makes sense. That's the like old... I guess it was Louisiana street where it connected it's low traffic. Um, there is no shoulder, which is the one disadvantage of that road. Haskell has more cars and higher speeds going out of town, but it does have a shoulder um, as of recent. Um, the road further to the West, um, that's the gray. Um, it's not a good option. There's a hill there that's uh especially hard to go up. So if you're loaded down with a pack on your bike, it's just, um, it's pretty uncomfortable. So Marianne, you would suggest sticking with this or going over to Haskell? Um, I think you can stick with it. I think the benefit of that route is that you're taking part of the Lawrence Loop past the wetlands, um, which is another great feature of the Lawrence bike system. Um, yeah, Louisiana is a very pleasant ride or whatever it's called out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. Any, anybody else have thoughts or want to confirm that? This is Steve. Uh, it starts there at Michigan and goes down through the, the wetlands and turns into Louisiana. And I agree that's uh, that's a nice feature for a visitor. So I think that would fit in with the mission of the Discovery Trail. All right, so if I'm hearing this correctly, we'll, and this is Ashley again, sorry, um, move the red line to be under the blue line and have the routes be the same coming north and south through town or through the county? 
David Hamby chair, that sounds like a good idea. The other thing is down here. So as the, as Jenny mentioned, the US bike network is a few years out. Uh, we have it going through Baldwin and on this changes path that doesn't exist right now. Uh, and we do know that US 56 is being improved and they're going to widen the shoulders to 10 foot ish. And so that will be comfortable, hopefully, um, from getting from what's Baldwin. That. Sorry, what's the timetable on the shoulders on 56? Um, Jessica, do you remember? Jessica Moringer, transportation planning manager. They've only approved it for PE and yet so far it's one of the KDOT's Ike pipeline projects. And so they haven't dedicated funding to construct it yet, but I would assume they are preparing all those projects in the pipeline so they can be constructed in the nearer term. Okay, thank you. This is Marianne Melling. Uh, my feedback as a cyclist, um, the east-west road there, it's I, it's not a comfortable road to ride on. Um, the, I, I think that increasing the shoulder will help, but there's a lot of truck, like semi-traffic. Um, and I, I mean, it'd be interesting to look at the actual speeds of vehicles on that road, um, maybe even the potential risk of that speed going even higher if there's a shoulder. Um, I think the alternative would be to, you know, turn east further north to go through Stony Point and then up the hill into Baldwin. I mean, it adds, you know, another climb, but, you know, when you ride through Kansas, you climb big hills, <laughs> even if you might not expect it. So I don't know. I mean, <sighs> are you saying this one right here where my mouse is? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't think it's, <sighs> I don't think they have shoulders either of one them do, but you get away from the semi, the semis, um, which is a, a positive. So I don't know. It could go either way. David Hamby chair. So um, I agree with Marianne that riding on 56 is not comfortable. And again, if they have shoulders, there would be people, there would be people who would feel comfortable with that, but then there's going to be people who don't. Um, and I understand the, the thoughts for getting Baldwin on there. Um, and, you know, the, the old route through Vinland is probably a better choice and, and just eliminate the whole jog back to the West to get on the old 59. Um, from uh, you know where you come off of, you go down Haskell all the way down to the Vinland, and so mm -hmm. that would be a, a straighter shot where you don't have to backtrack. Um, so that's just a thought: is come down from Haskell, go through Vinland, and then up into Baldwin. If and then you could hit the Maple Leaf Trail. Um, if if you were wanting to bypass Baldwin, then it would definitely make sense to stay on 59 until you get down to the the point you have to jump on. 59 to go through Ottawa. Ooh, look at what Marianne's doing. <laughs> I think. There you go. 
Jessica Moringer, transportation planning manager. I think one of the concerns um, of staff in the county was that some of those routes are not even planned in the near term or the longer term for for safety, roadside safety improvements like shoulders. And so, some of that concern I think is um, comes from that in terms about creating routes that we put additional cyclists on who are not used to maybe riding in that condition and getting out in a place where you know there's some curves or hills where there really isn't a lot of space. Um, yeah. David Hambig, Chair, um, as you mentioned, Jessica, the, the routes are tougher with no shoulder, but I would guess that if somebody's riding, you know, on this, this national bike route, they're gonna come across some, some tougher situations, but ideally the, the situation is the best route between Lawrence and Ottawa is old 59 highway. Um, and not, unfortunately not going through Baldwin until there's a, a railroad rail trail up through from Baldwin to Lawrence. So that would be the ultimate future plan, but that's, that's a long way out too. Jessica Mortinger, transportation planning manager. I think that's an option too, is um, we were trying to show that connection to build support, obviously for their rail to trail, but you're right. If it's not in a longer, you know, like we're decades out from that. So um, that could always be something we reevaluate at a future point in time. Uh, this is Steve. And I, I agree. I think if you came out of the wetlands heading south on Haskell with the road improvements that they've done there, you're going down a stretch that's straight with good shoulders and good visibility and then when you start doing those current corners on your way out to Vinland, you get through there at the what, Cedar Hill and places like that, you get into a whole different ball game out there. So it, it's a little bit almost, I guess, deceptive as you come out of Lawrence, you're saying, wow, this will be a nice trip to Baldwin on this place with shoulders. And I think it, it could be deceptive in that sense. Nambi Chair, thanks for the comments, everybody. Yes, thank you all. We'll work through those. Yeah, I think it seems to me like 15, moving it back to 59, at least the blue alignment in the short term, seems like the best option. Uh, granted, most of those other lines will all remain on the future bikeway network. They just won't be identified as that um, national route. And so at a future time when more stuff is developed in a better way, that could be an evaluation that we make to realign something to get access into Baldwin. That's kind of what I heard from the conversation. Does that sound okay? David Amateur, that's what I heard. And yeah, uh, Jessica, I, I agree with that. This is Steve. Uh, the the right of way down the Midland Railway is is definitely long term, especially since you're talking about a rail a trail with rails, and so you're talking about a situation where you don't have the rail bed and the the bridge infrastructure already in place like you do on a traditional rail trail, and so I I think that's a a worthy long-term goal, but it's, it's not anything on the short-term horizon. Thank you, uh, Ashley Breyers. 
if it's okay, we can move on to the next one. Yes, please. Okay, thank you. So we have Jan with us today from the Heritage Conservation Council. And we also have Kim from the Douglas County, Lawrence Douglas County Sustainability Office. Uh, they are working uh, on twofold things. Um, Kim is working on an open space plan and Jan is working on some landmark tours. And we wanted to incorporate those into the bikeway plan. And Jan wanted to discuss with bikers this route that they have. And so, uh, Jan, do you wanna take it away? Sure. Jan Schubert Eric, I'm Heritage Consul. Um, first of all, I um, just wanna say that um, Kim asked me to um, kind of follow up with a request about potential destinations in rural Douglas County um, relating to um, natural and cultural sites that might um, be places that you might include on bike routes. So that's kind of what brings me here. Um, but um, the open space plan, as you may know, it, there is no open space plan right now. It's just in its infancy. And the Heritage Conservation Council is working in conjunction with sustainability on an open space plan. Um, our charge is natural and cultural resources in Douglas County. So we have pretty uh, broad interest in natural sites and cultural sites. So I wanted to just share with you that over the last decade, um, the council has identified um, through hiring of consultants, we've identified over 7,000 historic uh, buildings across the county. Um, we are developing landmark tours, which are smartphone applications um, with Freedom's Frontier National Heritage Area. And so this first landmark tour will actually be in celebration of the bicentennial of the Santa Fe Trail across Douglas County. And that will be launched in May. There's a dedication out at Blackjack Ruts uh, for the new trail at that site um, east of Baldwin City on June 5th. And so um, we wanted it to be more than a driving tour. And so we're, we um, came up with the idea of doing landmark tours so we could advertise it to bikers and um, people in automobiles. But we intend to do a whole series of these landmark tours um, using the, the data we've collected about places. We've also um, put money into natural areas and um, cultural sites across the county. Um, I'm up on the turnpike, um, the Winter Schoolhouse was one of our projects that we funded. Uh, we funded several projects in Lecompton. So I'm kind of thinking there might be a way that we might work with you to promote um, the cultural, cultural and natural history of Douglas County. So as people are riding through, there might be ways for people to appreciate our beautiful um, countryside, but also learn about some of the things that have happened here in our county. Um, so um, Kim, I don't know, you might want to add to that. 
Um, um, no, honestly, I, I went to Jan um, thinking she would be uh, much more familiar with those priority destinations. Not, not per, sorry, thinking too much transportation and strategic planning right now uh, with those recreation or um, historic destinations um, that might be ideal to plan to visit by bike. So I'm glad that, that we're all connected. And thanks for having me. So I guess I just want to say uh, I'm offering, um, you know, kind of an invitation if, if there's a way we can have a liaison or, you know, connect all this data and information and sites um, with um, bike routes or, you know, um, I'm not a biker, so <laughs> that, you know, I um, empathize uh, with all of your concerns about safety, though, so um I just think it's, it's great, especially I've talked to the people in Baldwin City. It's like, wouldn't it be great if there were interpretive panels somewhere along the trail and, and people would know where to get services, but also learn a little bit about where they are. Um, but the smartphone app um, actually, you know, makes it information so accessible. Mm -hmm. So there might be a way, like we talked about doing the next set of, um, for the landmark tour, maybe it's, it's, um, natural prairies, natural sites across Douglas County. So if there would be a way to create a bike route that would connect those, that might be something that um, we could work on. Uh, this is Marianne Melling. Um, this is really exciting conversation to me um, early when um, things were shut down and bike events were shut down. There were a lot of um, like kind of online things that people were like going out and riding on their own to explore. And um, I played a, around for a while with putting together um, like a scavenger hunt of Douglas County of sites all, all around to go and visit. And it included a lot of these on um, the Santa Fe Trail. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential. Um, you know, there's, some of these spots are on, you know, the routes that cyclists um, use all the time. Um, I think my only input is that um, it's important to think about um, the who was here before us um, and that the Santa Fe Trail were Osage and Kanza trading routes before it was a path for settlers. Um, and that should be acknowledged. Um, I think cyclists, one of the reasons that we ride is the connection to nature um, and, it, you know, acknowledging all of the peoples that have lived here um, is is. I think means a lot to people who are out on the bike, um, seeing and experiencing the, the, the world that we live in. So, yeah, this is neat. David Hamby chair. Uh, thanks Jan for your presentation. I'd also encourage you to, uh, talk to the Lawrence bicycle club. If you haven't, they'd be a good partnership as far as organizing rides and maybe even, um, coming up with a ride that, that meets kind of your criteria as far as, um, they they could they do several rides a year Oxygena and Chicken Creek and um, <clears throat> you could probably uh, partner with them to develop a ride that has a lot of these stops on it and uh, with the the iPhone app or the phone app that would be a good a partnership um, and maybe Jessica and Ashley can keep uh, a little area or paragraph or two in here that um, says that we're working towards something like that and then also um there's probably some way to incorporate it in in the countywide bike plan too 
I think the Heritage Council would really appreciate, um, you know, that um, opportunity. Uh, it's a way for us to share a lot of the projects we've been working on for 10 years and the data we've collected and the sites that we've invested in. And, um, you know, it just kind of lifts the whole, um, elevates the whole program um, to connect with people who are out biking and, um, you know, provide a little bit of interpretation, opportunity to maybe go places that aren't really advertised to the public. So thank you. Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager. It sounds like also we can all share, Marianne, maybe you'd be interested if we share Jan's contact with you to get in touch um, to help share some of the stuff you did because that's super cool. Yeah, this is Marianne. Um, I would appreciate that. Um, and I would just add just a, um, a kind of to close out on the open space plan. As Jan mentioned, it is something that we're aspiring to do. Um, we... Um, are working up to it uh, to be able to prioritize preservation of, of spaces in unincorporated, unincorporated Douglas County for um, agriculture, ecosystem um, value, uh, and recreation. And so um, I think, you know, one of the, one of our interests in connecting with, with your plan is that, you know, we would consider that in alignment with where our open space plan develops um, in terms of recreation open spaces in the future. So we'll, we'll keep in touch about that. Uh, Ashley Breyer, so Scott had put a comment up there, but I don't know where it went, uh, about taking into consideration the public comment we received from Mr. Thornburg about bike parking and uh, making, well, trying to provide that at some of the locations, if you could. I think there was something else too, Scott, some security maybe? What? Yeah. Per his his comment, I'm sorry, Scott Kellner, you do our representative. Um, if if it, there's going to be signage around there, um, to respect his comments and his his perspective, because he did do a, a really thorough job of of making some points uh, around the Lawrence area. I'd like to see that extended countywide, if possible. But if there's going to be signage, then I'm assuming there's going to be a post and something that would be, uh, if not modifiable, but maybe designed with uh, some sort of locking potential for, for bikes adjacent to them that, that could be an artistic feature or just a uh, logo or artwork that may go along with a theme that Jane is mentioning. The um, Heritage Council also has a annual um, grant program for natural and cultural uh, projects. So on that, um, program uh, is closed for this year, but it'll open again in January of 2021. So something like, you know, you're just speaking about might be a potential grant project. Uh, this is Ashley Breyer's Transportation Center. Jan, do you happen to have this map like in a line file so I could just put it on our map? Or do I need to recreate the Santa Fe Trail line with the dots? I don't, but... Um, um, the GIS um, staff at the county created that. So um, if you want to contact me and I'll connect with them and get what you need. Thank you. Yeah, I, I know them. So we can we can get that. Figured okay, out. very good. It's Tyler um, worked on that map. Okay. Okay. Great. Mm -hmm. This is Steve Hitchcock Baldwin. Just to connect a little bit with what Marianne said and what the Heritage Council people have been uh, mentioning. Uh, 
recreational cyclists or or walkers and hikers, I think, are a very natural connection to the Heritage Council uh, sites because these are people who get a feel for how travel was. Uh, I think you, you get a much better feel for the Santa Fe Trail when you're walking it or or bicycling it uh, just because you're, you're measuring it through your own output and your own uh, exhaustion. And I, so I think it's a very natural fit that uh, our uh, transportation plan and, and bicycling plan is, is a very uh, logical extension of what the Heritage Council is doing and what they're doing, I think, fits in very well with our goals. Thanks everybody for your comments. David Hamby Chair. Um, Ashley, anything else? Uh, so Ashley, Briar Transportation Planner, we don't have anything else on this item on the agenda, um, but if you all have had a chance to review the plan, if you have any comments um, that you want to provide, now would be the time or you know, in an email later, but. Um, yeah, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. Here would now also be the time we could talk about Mr. Thornburg's comments and actually could pull up the specific section or one of the sections where we talk about our recommendations for um, Eudora Baldwin City about bicycle parking. Neither community currently has requirements for private development to install bicycle parking. Um, and everything that they do have in their communities probably is pretty retrofit. So some conventional like schoolyard racks. Um, but we in the plan make recommendations back to the Association of Bicycle and Pedestrian Professionals around rack types of which um, Ms. Mr. Thornburg presents some arguments of why he um, believes also an, an enclosure, which um, if you want to pull up the example of the picture he also provided to us of Davis, California at the library, um, you can see this is looks like a structure covered with solar panels and then um, some racks underneath it to be covered where you have still visibility from eyes on the street. Um, that kind of active and passive uh, surveillance because it's also the crosswalk kind of through that parking lot as that example. Um, which is a little bit more of a style of longer term bicycle parking, which probably isn't appropriate in all locations. Um, it's a little bit higher level. It's probably more appropriate where you expect people to park their bikes for longer than a few hours. Um, according to the guidance, you know, that we use as best practices for bicycle parking. But our recommendation in this plan really is just to encourage communities to adopt standards and also requirements around requiring bicycle parking. Yeah, David Hambachere, I would agree that uh... That's, that's a good uh, paragraph to have in each one. And, and cities, while it's important for them to require parking, it's also for them, it's important for them to require uh, parking that will be utilized well. And so the comb style racks or the schoolyard racks and stuff um, that if you have a bike, you don't want to put it in there. So um, to get a good rack that's going to uh, serve well and feel secure and protect the bike while you're there. So that's, that, those are important things there. 
I think it's important to note also that we've worked with um, during this past year of um, we've worked with um, Baldwin City on a developing a grant proposal to live well that they success they were successful in achieving to install bike parking um, in their downtown area near some of their spaces where they currently don't provide parking and so people would be parking on poles or railings and so we have um, help them cost and locate some bike parking um, in their community that they're gonna hopefully be funding and installing soon. We're good. And this is Ashley Byers. We've also had the same conversation with the Compton uh, about them applying for some bike parking some, at some point when there's grant opportunities. Okay. And they're excited about that. Good. And I think uh, this is David Hammond Chair, I think it'd be good to encourage maybe even some of the businesses to do that. Cause I know there's some bike rides that'll hit um, out and back to certain restaurants in different towns. And if they had uh, a good bike parking facility outside, that would even encourage people to make them a destination. So um, work with cities, work with the businesses that are better destinations. And I think uh, you have a good plan there. Any other comments from the committee? Okay. Did you guys, uh, Jessica and Ashley, have direction you need? Yeah, just, yeah, just your transportation planning manager. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's adequate from you. I think Mr. Thorenberg is challenging that the APB guidelines are not designed by people who actually bike, and that some of their recommendations are not really best practice. Um, we would tend to disagree in terms of their design and having racks not comb style, not wave that allow um, a bicycle to be locked in two places to accommodate the most types of bicycles. I do think he makes a good point about user error that oftentimes people don't know how to properly use the bicycle parking that's provided. Um, a good example of that is sometimes parking in an opposite direction or having a lock that doesn't secure their bicycle to the rack enough, which leaves it more as like a lean to where um, the bike falls down. Um, but I believe, you know, some of those things you can't control in an environment, um, just like um, in some locations where if a moped parks in your bike parking, you have to have active uh, patrol of that by the authority that can kind of govern and dictate that. Whereas, um, you know, in some cases, if you have that space and you have a parking shortage in some places, then that's still probably, you know, they're not occupying all the spaces. You have plenty of capacity um, that unless there's some sort of hazard, I think some of that stuff you are not going to be able to regulate in an environment. Uh, David Hamby chair, would it be worthwhile to put uh, on areas where we have maybe a lot of bike parking with the uh, half, half use to put a, an instruction, you know, placard that just says, here's how to lock your bike properly. Cause some people may, may have never learned. Yeah, I think uh, Jessica Mortinger, transportation planning manager, I think education of course is a good thing. Um, particularly when we install new stuff in the community, I think, um, we have some diagrams we could provide to Baldwin City to do some of that. Um, besides just a flyer, I think about like a pavement marking, right? Something you could spray paint on the ground. Um, I think about that particularly with all the, the 
meter ovals downtown because those are the ones I think mostly, uh, particularly in Lawrence, but um, anywhere there's meters where they've added the oval to help make more secure bike parking that people don't realize those are locations to park bikes. Um, Scott, Scott Kellner, Eudora Rep. Um, I had two things that I wanted to insert or interject there. Um, the image that Ashley was pulling up there just behind the black car was a, a lean to. Obviously, this is maybe predominantly a, a bus station, but with uh, Mr. Thornburg's comments adjacent to the, the Lawrence Library, I wondered if a solution like this would uh, advocate and cater to the people that are bus riders near the public library, but also there's what I would perceive to look like music stands, but it's kind of where people can lean up against a bike stand when it's not in use, but still allow um, a locking potential for bikes if people slide up under those. Um, it seemed like a good dual purpose setup that seems like uh, to me at first glance would be something that the, the Lawrence Public Library could cater to a couple of different populations and, and parts of their demographic depending on their transportation, excuse me, transportation needs there. Yeah, Jessica Mortinger, transportation planning manager, and specifically about the Lawrence Transit uh, progress, there's ongoing efforts to relocate and evaluate all the amenities for bus bike connection downtown. So I expect that will change um, probably by August of next year, uh, 2022 for service operation when they're planning to have their transit uh, hub uh, opened at Bob Billings and Crestline. So there will be some change there. I know lean twos, whether or not they're also in compare it, like also combined with bike parking is something that, um, transit's been evaluating as an amenity, not only just here and but in other places. So, um, there's some ongoing work around that. I think there's still a little bit of design concept conflict here that, that, you know, um, this still doesn't, that rack styled still doesn't, it's designed like a wave rack, but it has a seat on top and it still wouldn't be a preferred rack style likely from the APBP, the Association of Bicycle and Pedestrian Professionals, because it doesn't allow, if you're parking perpendicular to that rack, it doesn't allow you to have two spaces where you can support the bicycle. Yeah, looking at that, it'd be hard to figure out how to lock that, lock your bike up on that. With, with both wheels. I, I agree, David. Um, no, I lost it. <laughs> there may be some, some rack that would work and, and serve that, that serves a dual pur purpose or, or do something like that too. So, okay. um, if part of the, the recommended amenities included bike lockers that would shield bikes from the elements um is there any potential with oh you you mentioned parking meters on massachusetts street in lawrence and with the uh, revenue that's generated from obviously inserting money with those is there anything that that parallels that with bicycles like uh david you were mentioning people that don't know how to lock their bikes if there was a chance that they could rent something short term like a locker or like a, a cable lock and insert your quarter like when you get the the grocery cart at aldi and then you get your quarter back whenever you you retrieve your bike from it does anything like that exist jessica martinger transportation planning manager it doesn't currently it's something being explored as part of that existing transit stuff in lawrence we do have recommendations though for the other cities to make considerations for short and long-term bike parking one of the considerations i think that could be is if you develop multifamily housing 
and that does not have individual garages. Oftentimes people need places to store bikes and bike lockers would be a good solution for that. So in that case, for particularly in the countywide bikeway plan, we would recommend long-term bike par parking with bike lockers being a consideration. I'm not sure in in Baldwin City and Eudora, where that where they might determine if they decide to pursue that would be warranted. We could help them weigh in on that. I can see the biggest value being in multifamily uh, dwelling units where there isn't individual garages to be able to store bikes, so you don't have to bring them in and out of an apartment. Could just make it more friendly um, to do that. I'm not sure other than that that they would have demand to warrant um, bike lockers, maybe at the school. Okay, David Ambichair, any other comments on the bike parking? Okay. Um, are we ready to move on to the next item? Uh, Ashley Byers, Justice Planner. So we would actually like, if you feel comfortable, to have us release it for public comment, release the plan after we reflect all your changes. Okay. Do we have a motion to release the Kennywood bike plan for a 30-day public comment period? So move. Okay, we have a motion. Do we have a second? This is Teresa Bowser. I'll second it. Okay, thank you. Um, any questions, comments, discussions on the motion? Okay, seeing none. Uh, Jessica, you want to call the roll? Yeah, Jessica Martin, your transportation planning manager. I'll call the roll call vote. Becker? Yes. Bowser? Yes. Hamby? Yes. Hitchcock? Yes. Keltner? Yes. Melling? Yes. Motion carries six to zero. So it, part of our next steps will be to um, amend your changes, you know, to amend to kind of reflect the conversation. We'll still have ability to collect public comment about the plan, and then we will bring that back to you, prepare that in a way that we can bring it back to you with our response in terms of a preliminary staff response of how we would respond to that based on conversations we've had and public engagement we've collected as part of this process already. Um, and then to make a final decision before we would move forward with approval of a plan that could then be sent to all the cities for them to receive and approve. Okay, thank you, Jessica. David Hamby, Chair. Um, item number three. All right, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. We're reviving this conversation probably from 2019 or early 28 or late 2018, um, where the BAC had previously established a subcommittee uh, to look at updating the bicycle rideability map. Um, this has traditionally been done every few years in order before printing. Um, they. Um, uh, we have then asked for donations after the first grant year. Um, I think this is the third map that we've printed um, to solicit donations from sponsors to print the map. Um, the conversation we had um, in 2020, even when we've come back and say, hey, can we update this map? We know a lot of people are out biking new for the first time, but we really felt the climate was a little uncomfortable to go out and ask people for money to print a bike, uh, a bike map. Um, and so I think we're still gonna have to rectify that 
and decide where, how we approach that conversation. Although I do think there are more players that are possibly interested in funding this, um, this time around, um, we were looking to hope to update the map um, and to get back into this since the previous steering committee had really wanted to wait to see the kind of final verdict was to wait to see after the bike plan was done to evaluate the level of comfort analysis that we did, particularly in the city plan to see if there was a better way to evaluate routes. After having done that work, I'm not, I'm not sure if, if it is or not, we would, we can look at it a little bit, I think. Um, but we would like to explore possibly your consideration of a subcommittee, a few members to work with a staff to help uh, make some decisions about a draft map that we could bring back to BAC. We may yeah, David Hamby chair. Oops, sorry. sorry. Uh, we would basically pursue a subcommittee just so you can have a little more intimate time with it. And then um, also to not, uh, you know, design by committee because sometimes that's painful but then have just okay. conversations about the things that are really needed or specific kind of sticking points for the subcommittee. Okay. Thank you, Jessica. Um, as I recall, we did have a subcommittee and I don't remember everybody who was on there, but um, are there any volunteers who would like to be part of that subcommittee? Jackie Bucker, I would definitely like to be part of that committee if I can. And I would like to assist as well. Uh, oh. She waved her hand. So <laughs> Marianne. I'd be interested. Okay. Thank you. Sounds like we have a, a large percent of our committee to assist with that, but yeah, it's so good to just subcommittee. Yeah, so three is what I heard, and that'll kind of be our limit to not meet to not meet a quorum where we have an issue um, in terms of having a public uh, public process and meeting. But we um, would invite Margreta DeFries to represent KU in that conversation because they actually hand out a large percentage of maps, and um, that's uh, an important tool I think for KU students. Um, in that process as part of transportation services. So um, we would hope you would include her. I also feel like, you know, we can always follow up and reach back out um, with any of the smaller cities to talk about your routes and let you look at anything you might want to look at in relation to your community. Although I anticipate in most situations, there may not have been much that has changed in the last few years. We did update the online map with as builts um, for some existing stuff that we kind of tracked um, like when shared, like for example, when shared use path was installed. So um, we'll send out a meeting reminder and try to, uh, convene that group, but we do need a formal motion and second to establish that subcommittee. Okay. Uh, David Hamby Chair, I'll make a motion that uh, we establish a subcommittee with uh, Jackie Becker, Marianne, and myself on that subcommittee for the rideability map. Do we have a second? I'll second that, Steve. Okay. We have a motion and a second on the table. Any discussion? Jessica, would you call roll, please? Yeah, Jessica Moringer, Transportation Planning Manager, roll call. Becker? Becker? Yes. Bowser? Yes. Hamby? Yes. Hitchcock? Yes. Keltner? Yes. 
and Melling. Yes. I think just meet herself, but it, so with that passed. Um, Six so we'll, to zero, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, we're going to move on to the next item, but before we do, I want to do this because it's super fun. Celebrate. <laughs> so I'm gonna stop sharing my screen so Jessica can share hers. Thank you, Jessica, you're on the item four. Oh, you're muted, Jessica. My whole screen blocked out, so I don't, we'll see if this works. Ashley, you might have to share. My surface can't handle it. Okay. Uh, blacks out my screen, so. We have attached on the agenda though for you a PowerPoint and from the about the Kansas Open Meetings Act and we'd like to review that with you. Um, and also the city of Lawrence ethics policy for those of you that represent the city of Lawrence that's super relevant to you. Um, one of the considerations I'll get started in just talking about the Kansas Open Meeting Act is uh, based on the premise that open that there's an open meeting principle and that the belief is that people have access to know the public's business and as doing that that information is important to democracy in that process and so you as part of representative government um, there should be an informed elector electorate and the conduct of business of government affairs um, should apply. And you are part of that being part of the MPO Bicycle Advisory Committee. Uh, COMA applies when a body is covered in a covered body, which you are, and there is a meeting, meaning a quorum of members. Um, the this is not only applicable to including city advisory boards, but also our city government um, and or any other body that's supported in whole or in part by public funds. The public has a right to access that process. A meeting happens when uh, there is a majority gathering of the body, there's interactive communication, and there's discussion of the business or affairs of the body. So we have forwarded to you probably sometime at last year, a conversation also about remi a reminder that Facebook communication can be iterative communication. And if you're having discussions that should happen in this forum, in a public forum that, with the body, um, then we need to be cautious about not doing that. We also will note that when Ashley and I send, send you correspondence of the body, we're blind carbon copying you. Um, and that's just really to avoid the reply all function. We want to remind you though, that if we would ever forget to, or somebody else in the public initiates an email with all of your emails. Um, if you would like to respond, you may respond to us as staff and we can reshare information um, with everyone or post something on the agenda, but we really want you to avoid replying all to having iterative communication. Serial meetings also is something we have to be careful of with coma, which would mean um, any less than a majority of you, but having one person have multiple meetings with everyone to discuss decisions related to the body of work that we should pertain in the public realm. Um, again, if there's a meeting, if there's a majority of membership, iterative communication and discussing business of the body. Um, 
uh, we do need to provide, must be open to the public. That's why Ashley and I are in a public space so people can not only have access online, but in person if they would need to. Um, and per our bylaws, we post meeting agendas um, one week in advance. So you should always see those. If you don't, um, there's probably something gone wrong um, and we can always reschedule something in the future. We'll try to get that out to you um, as soon as possible. So you have materials and the public has materials available. We have no reason to have executive sessions. If we did for some reason, we could consult with the city attorney um, and proceed in that way. There are possible ramifications with violations of coma. Um, it's in all of our best interests. We won't get into too much detail of that, um, but just to follow the rule to make sure that we keep uh, information public and available to people. You can contact us about this if you have questions. Likely also um, the city uh, attorney's office is a resource to us um, and they will you know, help us answer any questions we may have in relationship to coma. I have also attached the city of Lawrence ethics policy for your consideration and review. Um, one thing I will point out is just remind everyone it's in this ethics policy, but it's also part of our bylaws that no one member should speak on behalf of the body. Um, you can speak as an individual on an issue, but uh, unless you have the permission of the body to do so. So um, there's other consideration about no advantage you should take from being on this board. Also, um, you can review this, particularly if you're a city of Lawrence representative, this is what they distribute to everyone who represents them on advisory uh, bodies. That's all we have to share with you. I'd be happy to entertain any questions you may have about COMA or the City of Lawrence ethics policy. David Hamley, Chair, any questions for Jessica? Okay, seeing none, there's no action required, Jessica. Is that correct? Okay, moving on to item E1, Safe Rights to School Plans. This, this is Ashley Breyers. Jessica and I didn't uh, decide who was going to talk about those these. So I guess I'll start and Jessica can jump in. Uh, Safe Rest School Plans, I mentioned earlier that we've been working on them. We started on it in 2019-ish and then had to have a pause because of COVID, but ended up finishing it last November. And we're working through the implementation process in Lawrence, Eudora, and Baldwin City. We're making three different maps for each of the plans and uh, we'll be distributing those as they're completed. Jessica, anything you wanna to add to that? Yeah, I think the important thing for you all to note as part of the Safe Routes to School plans previously, we've only had pedestrian projects listed in the Safe Routes to School plans. All of uh, or these Safe Routes to School plans also have some elements of um, bikeway infrastructure listed in some of the project listings where there was opportunities, particularly in the Lawrence plan, um, where there has been more some continuous implementation of elements, although it's been it's happening in other the other communities, um, Eudora and Baldwin City as well, um, that there's some opportunities. I we think in the future to pair opportunities for bike boulevards and safe routes. So we'll look that should open up those projects for eligibility for um, transportation alternatives funding, which would be exciting. Okay, thank you for that. Um, any other comments on the Safe Routes School? Uh, this is Steve, Baldwin City. Uh, the sidewalk uh, 
from basically Baker University West to the elementary schools, the primary and inter intermediate schools in Baldwin are just about completed. Uh, they've laid concrete, they've put lighting. Uh, the one obstacle is the railroad track. They, they laid a crossing there and there's been a, some issue with it. And I, I haven't heard lately if that's been resolved yet or not, but it looks nice. I've walked it. It's, it's really going to be a, a nice improvement this fall for the uh, elementary kids. On the other side of the Baker campus from uh, Collins Gymnasium East mm -hmm. to Liston Stadium, we have a, and I don't know where it fits under the plan, if it's a safe route to football games for the Baker students, but it's good to get them out of the middle of the street, if at all possible. Uh, so there's definitely physical pro progress in Baldwin in addition to just planning. And this is Ashley Byers, Transportation Planner. One thing that's really exciting about Baldwin is through the State Process School Planning process, we identified routes where they wanted the sidewalk on one side of the street. There's a lot of missing sidewalk in Eudora and Baldwin, but so instead of saying on both sides of the street, we just said one side of the street and identified this route in Baldwin. And then they had a bond thing. So they were able to install sidewalk, which is what Steve was talking about, the one that from east of Baldwin was part of their bond project. And the one, or I'm sorry, east of Baker. And the one west of Baker was a TA project from KDOT. Um, but they submitted for more funding from KDOT this last Safe Health School Transportation Alternatives funding process and were awarded enough funding to complete their entire Safe Health School network on one side of the street in Eudora. I'm sorry, not Eudora, Baldwin City. So we were pretty darn excited about that. Uh, Eudora also received money as well as part of their state process school route. So, and actually uh, Lecompton received money too. So, and Lawrence. So all of us got money, so that was wonderful. Um, so that's my big news for that. And then the active transportation plan, uh, Jenny is working on that with KDOT. They are going through a process. They had some public meetings. That's actually where we first learned about Mural, um, this, this whiteboard thing we used. Uh, Jenny, do you have anything you want to mention? Um, no, it certainly made it easy to get on Mural um, since I, it almost felt a little, uh, I don't know, that, there were 19 meetings that we had, 19 public meetings, a lot of Mural boards, um, different areas of the state, um, but yeah, we, we're currently compiling all of that information. Hopefully it'll be useful to communities as they're, you know, whenever they revise a plan or develop a plan um, to look at that. We're also developing some toolkits. Um, one is on master plan, which you don't have to worry about because you already have yours, but a master planning for small and mid-sized communities. Um, so they don't have to, you know, do like the all out and they could only, they could do a lot like locally with community members and then hire a consultant like for the engineering components of it. So that should be nice. Um, bike ped accommodations on bridges is another one. And then the, the third one is um, active tour, tourism. So the economic value of, of promoting active um, tourism recreation. Um, we're also doing an economic analysis. Uh, so there'll be some case studies with that. Um, so that will be helpful too when you're making arguments to, to uh, leadership. Um, and then we're, we're finishing up a crash analysis, uh, 
beyond that, we're, we're also looking at KDOT processes um, to try to get bike ped considered and uh, more naturally um, as business as usual in, in more of their projects. Jenny, I'm going to throw you on the spot, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. This body has had interest from the public and also discussed as part of our Lawrence Bike Plan um, some interest and requests around the Idaho stop. And I think that's something I know that you guys have heard in terms of policy. So I'm sure yeah. this body will be tracking that to see where you end up because they had previously kind of determined that that doing it as a single city is not as effective as doing it as a state in terms of educating um, users and just for safety overall. So I know we'll we'll be tracking that on their behalf um, and I'm sure some of them will be too in terms of conversations the state has moving forward around those sorts of policy issues. Yeah, and, and thanks, that reminds me, we also uh, did a pretty, pretty thorough policy memo um, capturing um, what policies our state currently has around bike ped and what our best practices for policies. Um, and yeah, the Idaho stop law, like it helps. It always helps if like locals do it first, but yeah, I get that it would make more sense to have it at state level, especially, I don't think it's like preemptive or anything um, that you couldn't, but uh, that, that is something that we've done research on and, um, could, could actively pursue more. Okay, thank you all for your comments, David Hamby, Chair. Um, is there anything else on the active transportation plan? Um, it should be done this fall, um, at least by the end of the year. And we do hope to have an active transportation summit, um, just to unveil everything and talk about implementation, hopefully um, next year is the, is the goal. We, we do have state funding now. And so last year we were awarded 2 million for bike ped and that's been going towards like some safe crossing projects um, where they've had traffic studies done. And so they were like, had all the recommendations in place. And so we were able to hire consultants and are, are currently working kind of testing that out um, to get like the step recommendations um, go in. And, um, but we, we uh, have heard we, we've received even more state funding um, this year and hopefully continuing. Um, so we're looking to uh, start a new, a new program um, for bike ped funding. So stay tuned, it's exciting stuff. Okay, thank you for your work on that. Um, is there any other comments or other business? Uh, I do. So Ashley Breyer, transportation planner. So May is bike month and we have talked a little bit about what we're going to do because last year because of COVID, I don't think we ended up doing really anything uh, to promote it. But um, the city of Lawrence is wanting to do kind of a hashtag picture submission project and so we we're hoping that some of you could commit to at least posting one picture with the uh, hashtag bike month Lawrence. And so then they could use it and help promote biking in Lawrence. And there's a couple other things like we plan to do some before and after pictures of 21st street, uh, the bike Boulevard and of the new bike signal at 21st and mass. So there's, there's a lot going on, so we want to highlight all of that. 
Jessica Martin, your transportation planning manager. Oftentimes after the city of Lawrence has made up their social media content also um, for bike month, we take the opportunity to share the relevant bits um, with Eudora and Baldwin City. Um, if they're looking for content, oftentimes they'll repost uh, that content that's relevant to the more regional focus. I'm sure Ashley, you'll send additional information out to members once we get there um, where we're asking for some participation. We kind of don't have a very good track record for getting people to engage us back in some of those conversations in a positive way by showing those pictures. And so we were hoping by recruiting you specifically as members who are helping us do some of this work that that would be a beneficial thing. Okay. David Ambichair. So Ashley will send out some information later on when she gets a little bit more uh, details on that. And then hopefully everybody can participate. Correct. Okay. Anything else under other business? This is Laura McCulloch with Public Health. I just wanted to share that we also have schools that have committed to promoting Bike to School Day. So Lawrence Elementary um, are hosting events and then um, the middle schools, I think, are participating informally, but we also have Baldwin City Intermediate and Junior High on board. Sorry, I didn't share that it was on May 5th is Bike to School Day. Jackie Becker, Ashley, can you put that all in the email too for things that we can do in May for bike month? Okay. Um, anything else before we adjourn? Okay, I just need a motion to adjourn. Nope. Now, per Robert's rules of or uh, rules of order, if the committee is finished with the committee's business, then you can um, can disembark your meeting. Okay. Well, we don't need a motion then. So I appreciate everybody's time tonight. Appreciate staff time tonight, and uh, the visitors we had. Hope you all have a great night, and uh, we'll we'll get the next meeting scheduled. And Jessica or Ashley will let us know. Thank you so much, Thanks, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.